0: Good afternoon, good afternoon to you, beloved. This is Speak Life Radio. i go time, my brethren ministry with your sister in Christ, Rachel, Carlene, Renee, a servant and daughter and of the bride in the name of Jesus, of God our Father. and I welcome all those that the Lord has sent in the name of Jesus. Lord be ye glorified. So, Father, we come to you, Lord God, with humble hearts, but boldly before the throne, making our requests known, Lord God. We need your presence. We need you to be pleased. We need you to God the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the Holy Ghost Spirit, to overtake us, consume us, Lord God, cleanse us, purify us, Lord God, in those areas that we have not yet handed over to you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, be in the midst as your word says in Psalm 46. We welcome you in, we open the door, Lord God. We welcome you into our heart, into our lives, into our mind, what we're thinking, Lord. Overtake, rule rule us, rest, rule, and abide in every atmosphere, Lord God, because you are Lord all by yourself, Lord God. Every closed door of the heart, Lord God, open, Lord God. We pray we break open the lock so you could just flow and rush in like a mighty rushing wind, Lord God, like the 120 in the upper room. Lord, I pray that you are glorified and lifted up high, Lord God, above all things in these little G gods that we have now put into our lives. Lord, only you know, only you know truly who we are, where we are, and what we're doing. And Lord, I pray that we don't hide spots, blemishes and wrinkles and sin behind fig leaves, but we expose so you can cleanse in every area of our lives in our being in our core. Have your way, restore families, Lord God. Restore each individual and each family in the name of Jesus. And Lord, when it's all said and done, let us sing into you, let us glorify you and let us lift up. and clap our hands for all the wonderful things you have done, binding up the enemy and all their trickery and every form the enemy comes in, in Jesus' name. So, hey, beloved, what I came to talk about is pivot. Pivot. I was asking the Lord as I was getting ready, even just for my day, um, really preparing to come on to Speak like And I was like, Lord, I don't have a word. Before I finish that, I heard pivot. Now, um, in one of my journals, it reminded me on a certain day that one of my former neighbors, she said that word years ago, about four years ago, she said pivot. And now again, I hear pivot. So I was like, okay, Lord, how do we pivot? And you have to turn, you have to behold, turn, behold, to see into here. Turn, behold, to see into here. So there's two places that came to mind. One instantly, uh, because for years I didn't really understand this word. Still don't fully, because no one truly knows the word of God. I know many of us think we do, but God, mine is higher than ours and his thoughts. Yeah, He is exceedingly above. Okay. So let's go to Zachariah's house. In Zachariah's house. And then hopefully we will go to the book of Revelation. Um, in Zachariah's house, he says it more than one time. a a form of pivot and the one chapter that God continued to send me to at one time in the very beginning of my walk is Zechariah six. And I turned and lifted up my eyes and looked and behold. And so if you even go to, Zechariah Zechariah uh, two I think that's one of the first it says oh no it says in Zechariah 1 2 it says I in verse 8 I saw by night and behold a man riding upon a red horse and he stood among the myrtle trees and were in the bottom and behind him, there were red horses speckled with white. Now, the one thing uh, with Zechariah, Zechariah is very detailed. The book of Zechariah, he's very detailed. Ezekiel is another one, very detailed. It's just like God telling Moses about the ark, very detailed, and many things. God is detailed, okay? so but he says it here in verse 18 then lifted up then i lifted up my eyes and saw and behold four horns there is something there for i don't know i can't say this word is for everybody but for everyone that the lord sends there is something there whether it's something god is trying to tell us something God is trying to show us. I know just in prayer, he showed me, he reminded me of a couple of things, but he reminded me even of my prayer life and how I pray for things. It could become idols. Because once you pray, Paul acts thrice, Jesus acts thrice, then you lay it down. Now I know you can keep knocking and keep asking. Yeah, you can, but knocking and asking continuously, for what? Now, if it's for God in our lives, that's one thing. But if it's for a person, place, or thing, that's something else outside of God, okay? So he says it again in chapter two, I lifted up my eyes again and looked and behold a man with a measuring line in his hand. Because the Lord is constantly measuring. Because there is a epitome of or top or a high point, should I say, of Jesus Christ to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. So he's measuring even the church. He's measuring are we all in. Um, And there's a measure with God. There is... Details with God. God is decent and in order. He's decent in order. Um, let me see if this is the right. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. God has a beginning for his creation. And he has a newness, an end for all those things that are not righteous and, and holy and clean and a newness. Just like our days of our lives in chapter six started being limited because one, with God, one, one day is like a thousand. So no man lived to see a thousand years because of the promise. In this day, you shall surely die. And so if they lived to a thousand years or more, that would have broken the promise of God. God is very detailed in what he says and he means it many times. Listen, I'm missing the details many times, but the precepts, he's starting to show the precepts, to follow the precepts so his promise can come alive and be activated in the name of Jesus in our lives. So if he say 10, but we come with nine or nine and a half, that's still not 10. My Lord, okay. So it says in Ephesians, um, verse one, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, this is writing through Paul, beseech you that you walk worthy. Okay, so that's one, that's a command. We must walk worthy. We got to get to that point of walking worthy. So, even God's promises, covenant promises for walking worthy can manifest in our lives. It says, walk worthy of the vocation, application, your service, your ministry, your purpose, wherewith you are called. Walk worthy of this call. Don't walk the way we want to walk. So we have to pivot how we're walking. We might not be able to walk continually how we were walking because it may not be worthy. It may not be honorable. It may not be upright in the sight of God. Okay, it says, with all loneliness, mm, humility, and meekness, humility, with long suffering, <laughs> you know. I'm I'm better at saying long suffering now because long suffering used to. Mm. So it says, Forbearing, forbearing, this word is for me, forbearing one another in love, forbearing. My Lord, putting up with, okay? It says endeavoring, still forbearing, long-suffering, okay? Endeavoring to keep the unity. Okay, Lord. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit, his holiness, And what comes with that spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness and temperance, wisdom and understanding, knowledge and might. Um, No, not knowledge, counsel and might, knowledge and fear and the righteousness of God. These are the fruit of righteousness. So the Holy Spirit is the righteous spirit, okay? And that's the spirit we have to walk in. That's the walking worthy, okay? That is how we have to turn. And in Christ, we are pivoted because we're turned to the right direction. God leads us in the right path. Wisdom leads us in righteousness, the righteousness of God, because that's the mind and the heart and the spirit of God. Okay. So it says, endeavoring to keep the unity together, the unity of the spirit, keeping love with joy with. peace with long suffering with gentleness with goodness with faith meekness and temperance we should not be lacking or missing any of that because when the holy spirit comes he comes as a whole in christ jesus my lord and the word of god unity of the spirit in the bond of peace peace is what holds all this together so if we have peace with one another All these things could be present. The peace of God, not that peace that is only, as long as you ain't in my face, we cool. Not that type of peace. It should be peace. It should be peace. The peace of God. Jesus said, I came to give you peace. His peace, the world didn't give to us. So that's the peace we have to walk in. There is one body. It's a peace of oneness. There's a peace of oneness in Christ, there's one body. So when we are outside of that, we're not in the one body. We're not in the bond. We're not in the unity in the name of Jesus. When we're thinking of ourselves only, we're not in the bond. We're not in the unity. It says there is one body and one spirit. I feel you, Lord. Even as you are called, in one hope. So it says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy. And then he says in verse four, there is one body. We gotta walk worthy for that body. It says in one spirit, we gotta walk worthy with that one spirit, in that one spirit, because of that one spirit. Even as you are called, we got a vocation, a call. It says, in one hope we all have the same hope to return in christ we all have the same hope of salvation we all have we all have the same hope of living eternally with god that's in this body it says one hope of your calling one lord so when we're in the body of christ we can't have these multiple sages and and buddhas and and all this karma we can't have that because that's not in alignment with the one lord That's not an alignment. That's not of God. It says one God and one father, only one, one God and father. There's only one in the name of Jesus. It says one God and one father of all that's in that body. It says who is above all, all period, and through all, Period. Because the word created all things. It says, and in you all, we have to stir up where God is. It says, and we have to keep our light lit through the word of God. It says, but unto every one of us is given grace. Jesus is the grace of God. Given the word, given grace. Uh, the Lord, according to, based on the measure of the gift of Christ. So based on our gift, we're given a measure of grace, each one of us. Okay. It says, wherefore he says, the Lord says, when the Lord ascended up on high, the Lord led captivity captive and have and And gave gifts to men, to men, period. Okay, all of us have a gift of some sort. It says, now that he, the Lord, ascended, what is it? But he, the Lord, also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He, the Lord, that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. Far above that. Why? Because the heaven is his throne. He sits upon heaven. It says that he, the Lord, might fill all things as the word goes, went up. Everything was filled that God said, prophesied, announced, proclaimed is all fulfilled. And the Lord gave some apostles. And some, these are the call. This is the walking worthy of the vocation. What is the vocation? Because some, he gave apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. And we have to walk worthy because these are the people that's coming to help us to get in that unity. So they shouldn't be out of unity. They should not be out of unity. If we, if we are apostles, if we are prophets, if we are evangelists, if we are pastors and teachers, we should be walking worthy of that vocation and that call. And we should be in the unity. We should be in the unity of that one spirit, that one God, that one father. It shouldn't be more than that. It should not be no other organizations that is left is lifted up on that high. We are announcing those organizations. We are announcing those places. We are announcing those things on the same level of God. No. That's not walking worthy. That's not because we're lifting up something that God allowed us to create or created himself. So it says for the perfecting. So these are why we have this is why we have apostles and and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints is not just for the call itself, it's for the body of the unity of the Spirit. So when he put people in these positions, when he put them, they have the bond of unity flowing in them and through them from God. They are in one with God. When he puts us in these vocations, we have the one with God. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry or the vocation or the calls, okay, for the edifying of the body of Christ. If we're not walking in that unity, If we're not perfecting the saints, if we are not working the ministry, and if we're not edifying the body, we got to pivot. And in this day and age, the body, the church, the called, the vocational, those that's called to vocation need to pivot because we're looking in the wrong way. We're doing this thing in the wrong direction. okay? And this is why it seems like the church is powerless. The church is not powerless. Is those that are not walking worthy of the vocation. So it says, till we all come in the unity of faith. This is what the apostles are for. This is what the prophets are for. This is what the evangelists are for. This is what the pastors are for. This is what the teachers are for, for the perfecting, for the perfecting and the coming into the unity of the faith. When we are walking this thing out worthy in our vocation, when we are preaching, we are teaching, it should be perfecting the saints, nothing else. It should be for the peace in the unity of the bond of the spirit for the edifying of the church. That's what it should be for. It says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge. So when we're even walking in this vocation, like Paul says, uh, an apostle by the will of God. So apostle has a different level of knowledge of God than just a regular sheep. A pastor has a different level of knowledge of the Lord God, the word of God, than those in the pews. A prophet have a different level in knowledge of God, the word of God, than those that are coming to hear what God is prophesying, have already prophesied, because Jesus is the spirit of prophecy so anyone calling himself a prophet should have such a level in the revelation of Jesus Christ that it brings in a unity it's not just for an individual no when you speak to that individual it makes them do this come into the knowledge of the son of god unto the perf- into a perfect man which is Christ Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, the Word of God. That is the true spirit of a prophet. That is the true spirit of an apostle. That is the true spirit of an evangelist. That is the true spirit of a pastor. That is the true spirit of a teacher. It's just for the one body, the one faith, the one God of all and Father of all, that's through all and in us all. So I send the word of God to the people of God, to the ears of God, to the hearts of man. I pray we have the most blessed, blessed day in the mighty and beautiful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love y'all peace. Remember the unity.